Greetings and welcome to The Second Question, a podcast for educators and those who love education. I'm your host, Martin Silverman, a public school educator from beautiful San Antonio, Texas. Now, let's answer the second question. Welcome listeners to the 11th episode of The Second Question. As I record this episode, I am on the first day of spring break 2021. And it's hard to believe that there are only 12 weeks left of school. You know, as a very good friend of mine always reminds me, uh, the days are long and the years are short. And that's definitely the truth. Can you imagine we have been dealing with this pandemic, uh, etc., for a year now? And, you know, while it seems like sometimes when we're in the middle of it, it has been forever. It's hard to believe it's been a full year already that we've changed so much in school for sure, but in life, definitely. My guest today is somebody that I am looking very forward to sharing our conversation with you. Uh, My guest is Dan Brooks. He's the principal at Woodlake Hills Middle School, which is one of the middle schools in the school district that I work in. Judson ISD in beautiful San Antonio, Texas. And Dan is the definition of great guy. Dan is smart and uh, polished and dedicated. And I can't think of enough good adjectives to describe him. One thing I always appreciate about Dan is uh, often when we are in meetings or he and I text on occasion, he'll very often be able to verbalize exactly what I've been thinking. And, you know, that's nice to have a colleague that can do that and be that for you. Uh, Dan is a military veteran and a longtime educator. Um, He shares his unique perspectives with us, and he also tells us the answer to the second question about his favorite teacher, And so, without further ado, here's my interview with Dan Brooks. All right, welcome back to the second question. And I am very excited today to be interviewing one of my, I I know we're not supposed to have favorites, but I'm going to say this is one of my uh, favorite colleagues for sure. Um, uh, Dan Brooks and I have never worked together, but I sometimes feel like we do work together because... Uh, He's definitely been somebody that I admire, somebody that I uh, feel like I can uh, ask a question to and get a straight answer. And, uh, you know, we should celebrate colleagues that are like that. Um, uh, The the ironic thing is in the pre-chat just now, I found out that Dan is practically a neighbor of mine. And, uh, you know, you would think having worked together uh, in our capacity for as long as we have, I would know that, or maybe even have run into him at the grocery store, but that hasn't happened yet. So uh, I'm assuming he stays home uh, quite a bit. Um, but uh, without further ado, I want to introduce uh, my friend, Dan Brooks. 
middle school principal at Woodlake Hills Middle School in Judson ISD here in San Antonio, in beautiful San Antonio, Texas. And Dan, uh, welcome to the second question. Uh, thank you, Marty. I just wanted to say thanks for those those kind kind words and that introduction there. I appreciate it. Absolutely, I, and I I meant every word of it. Dan, why don't you begin by telling us a little bit about your journey uh, in education? How did you end up where you are today? Well, it's it's a long story, and so I'll try to. Um, condense it as much as possible. Um, I'm retired military. I spent 20 years in the United States Air Force. Um, toward the end of my career, I was I was a medical laboratory tech, technician in the Air Force. And so I got a special duty assignment as an instructor in the Air Force within that career field. And so that was my first taste of, of teaching. Um, and so once my uh, career field, that career ended, I transitioned over to what they called a troops to teachers program, where I went, there was a training that I went to and it was a stipend that I received to go from the military into uh, education. And so, you know, that, that's how my journey brought me to the, the world of education. Um, you know, obviously the military brought me here to uh, San Antonio, Texas to Lackland Air Force Base. So that's where I was an instructor out at, at uh, Wilford Hall uh, for about, about four years. Um, I started my career in Judson ISD at Wagner High School in 2007. Um, at that time, uh, now Dr. Fields, uh, was the the principal? He was the newly appointed principal at at Wagner High School, and he called me up. He knew I was uh, preparing to retire from the military, and so he called me up and asked me, you know, would I consider uh, teaching and and coming over to his campus? He wanted me to interview for a position, and so I did. I went, you know, he he set up something with HR, and I went over and, and interviewed uh, with. Um, I forget his name, but a gentleman that was at, at HR, and um, lo and behold, I you know I got the job at Wagner High School as a a uh, what they call BCIS at the time, which is now uh, Tech Apps. So the the um, uh, base, uh, business business computer information systems is what it was called. Uh, Microsoft Word, the Office Suite, basically is what I was what I was teaching. And so did that for about three years. Um, and then an assistant principal's position came open. Um, I knew, you know, I only needed three years of teaching experience before I could qualify to be an administrator. And so I was like, well, why not? Let's try it. And so I interviewed and, and I got the job as an assistant principal. And so I did the three years as a teacher and then five years as a AP at Wagner High School and uh, spent a summer working at HR in our district um, because I left Wagner High School um, as an assistant principal and I went to human resources and, and was planning on just being in human resources, doing what Ms. Nava currently does. I was, I was doing that position. Um, and um, 
uh, Woodlake Hills Middle School came open. And, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, someone asked me, what do I think? You know, do you you want to consider being a principal? And uh, if so, put your name in, you know, and so I interviewed for it and and I got it. (laughs) And so got that job in 2000, I think it's 2014, 2015 school year and have been there ever since. It's been great. So that's how I I came into the world of of uh, public education. Uh, that I, I, you know, I didn't know that about uh, you being a BCIS teacher. That's uh, new to me as well. I, 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 I don't know. I kind of pegged you as maybe like a, a history guy or a science guy. That was uh, so. So I. I get that a lot. I get the history. Do you? Yeah, it must be because. Yeah, I get the history thing a lot. Yeah. Um, but. Dan, you are not, you said that the military brought you to San Antonio. You were not born and raised here. You're a transplant yourself. Where'd you, tell us, where'd you come from? I was born and raised in Fort Pierce, Florida, a little small town um, in South Florida. Um, And the frame of reference that I can give you is if you've heard of West Palm Beach, Florida, um, just just north of West Palm Beach, Florida, on the East Coast. Um, I was born uh, three, two brothers, born to a single parent. Was raised in a in a community much like Judson ISD, um, and so which is why I think I I identify so much with the Judson School District. Is that you know many of my many of the students that I see in in the district remind me of my you know, where I come from um, growing up in Florida um, and, you know, spending the time that I spent in Florida um, and just a little bit more about me. Um, <laughs> a lot of people don't know that uh, I got married at 19 um, to my high school sweetheart and we are currently still married. Uh, matter of fact, we will be celebrating 35 years uh, on in this December. So um, that's that's kind of my little little journey of, of me coming up in Florida. You know, um, uh, what came to mind when you said that you were from Florida is, you know, all those uh, Internet um, tropes now about uh, Florida man. They say to look up Florida man and then put a date. Have you ever heard that one, Dan? Uh, it, it's, uh, yes, I have. Um, I have. if you look that up, yeah. okay. <laughs> so, so I, I'm just hoping you're not going to be one of those, <laughs> uh, those guys that shows up in those, in those Florida man, uh, internet things. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. So Dan, you work with adolescents, you work in middle school. Um, in your opinion, what, is, what are the greatest yes needs for that adolescents have these days, especially like in general, you know, pre-March 2020, but also uh, uh, as we, you know, work through this pandemic, what do you see as the greatest needs in general for our middle school age students? That's a great question, Marty. I would say that the greatest need for for adolescents are relationships. 
um, relationships, belonging, being a part of a being a part of something that's that's positive. Uh, so many of our students seem lonely. Um, I could stand in the cafeteria of my school during the lunchtime and 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 just watch the interaction of the students and, and the dynamics of the students. And, and inevitably you would see quite a few students sitting by themselves, you know, with no friends. And, and I'm talking pre-COVID, not now they're just sitting by themselves because we're making them for social distancing purposes. But prior to, uh, you know, you, you, you have quite a few students who just don't seem to have the the social capacity uh, to make friends and 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 just to be a part of a group of people and and know how to interact and and socialize amongst that group of people, um, you know, you see the effects of of video games and and how they lose those social skills, um, and so I think just teaching students how to, how to be, how to use those social skills, to, to develop those social skills and, and be able to, to just hold a regular conversation, you know, um, look, looking people in the eye and, and, and just, uh, and it's, I don't want to oversimplify it, but just being, practicing being present, like I'm here, I belong here. And, and, and it's so, you know, kids seem so timid nowadays and, and as if they, they're almost asking for permission to be just to be, you know, if that makes sense. No, for sure. And, you know, that's a theme I think that runs even with our, in elementary, our pre-K, you know, our pre-K kids. And uh, I'm assuming that runs with high school kids. I think that's a theme that runs uh, throughout childhood. And you're right. It, it pre-COVID it was yes. that way. And it's, uh, it's definitely still a thing. Right. Dan, you, when, when I asked you to be a guest on this podcast, I asked you what some of your, uh, some things that you wanted to maybe address or that you were interested in talking about. And one of the things you told me was uh, you wanted to talk uh, specifically about a discipline with African-American males. So as an uh, as a professional uh, African American educator, yes. um, you have a possibly a unique view as to what might be because you told you said that you grew up in a place that was similar to the place that you work now. Um, so you have kind of yes. maybe a vision of what uh, things are and maybe what they could be. So in in talking specifically right. about discipline with African-American males, what uh, tell me, tell me your thoughts. Tell me, tell me what you feel like uh, you're doing and maybe some words of, of, you know, help and hope and encouragement for other educators. Well, this this one is, is pretty dear to my heart um, as a as a student growing up in school myself, I wasn't the best student in the world. Um, but it, but I could have been. And, and if I would have had someone to have the patience to reach me, I wasn't a troublemaker, like I didn't get suspended all the time, but 
I was just, I was an average student. I was, I was a C student and really more so by, by choice than it really was me. Um, I had the, I had the, the academic capacity to be a better, um, student, but I, I just, I had no connection with anyone in the school from a, an adult standpoint who I felt connected to that, that, that I felt like cared about my grades, cared about how I was doing in school and, and just overall, um, letting me know that they loved me. You know, I grew up with, with, a, like I said, a single mom, so I didn't have a father, uh, in the home. And, and unfortunately that scenario plays out so often, um, in my school, in my school, but also across, uh, across the district. And so young African-American boys, young men, they, they need structure. Um, and I think a lot of times, um, staff misinterpret the, the behavior that they display as, you know, being disrespectful or, or whatever the case, but a lot of times what I have found when a teacher has, you know, kicked a student out of class or, or written a referral or whatever, and, and I bring that student into my office and, and just sit them down to have a conversation, I'm able to find out that, well, one, the child doesn't know how to read or doesn't read well. And so they, they are much more willing to get to purposely get kicked out of class so that they are not exposed for not being able to read or, or not being as academically um, um, astute as some of the other students in their class. And so, you know, let me figure out a way to get out of class so I don't have to, you know, go through the, the embarrassment of other students knowing that I, I don't know this material or whatever the case. And so um, what, I, what I would like to do, and I've had this desire for a while now, and, and I'm starting to talk about it now with one of my APs to develop a program next year on my campus. And I kind of alluded to it a little early in one of my answers is that just the social skills and, and, and just having a basic social skills class to teach young men confidence you know, the, the elementary things of just, you know, shaking someone's hand when we can shake hands again <laughs> after, after COVID, um, you know, looking, looking someone in their eye and, and, and speaking well, and, you know, again, being present, being present, being confident and, and, and not being afraid to walk into a space and just be yourself and be confident in who you are. And so I want to do that for the young men that I encounter on my campus. So that's, that's one of my, my goals for next year. Dan, um, you, th this is kind of unusual for, for me for this podcast, because you just spoke about teachers not making a connection with you. And, you know, the premise of this podcast is to highlight specifically a teacher who um, you felt like would be your answer to my second question in an interview, which is, who's the best teacher you ever had and why were they the best? 
So with, with what you said previously, um, I'm very curious to hear your answer to my second question. So Dan, if, if you had <laughs> to um, highlight a teacher, if you had to highlight a teacher that was the best teacher you ever had and tell me why they were the best, who would that be? Gotcha. And, and I, I do have one. Um, her name was Miss Hubbard, H-U-B-B-A-R-D. She was my math teacher. Um, and ironically, well, I don't say ironically, incidentally, she happened to be a white lady. And, and, and I say it that way because where I grew up and, and it, that was, it was unusual to, to have that, that kind of relationship, you know what I mean? And so um, the reason why she was uh, one of my, uh, the, mo my most favorite teacher is one, she did not, uh, she did not take excuses. She held you accountable for everything that she wanted you to do. She held you accountable for it. Um, she told you you could do it. She, she gave you the confidence that you could do it. But I think the biggest thing that, that connected me to her was, was, was one incident that I, I remember to this day as a, as a 53-year-old. And this was in high school as a 10th as a grader. I was playing football on the football team and we had this this was a monday because we had a, a game on friday the the prior you know friday so had the weekend and then came to class on monday and while in class calling roll and whatnot she called roll she called my name and i answered here and then she started talking to me about the game and in that game, I happened, I played wide receiver in high school and, and on the team, and I happened to miss a pass that was thrown at me. And she called me out during class. And so that let me know that she was at the game and saw me at the game. Now, I also, she complimented me on scoring a touchdown as well. So, and, and she talked sports with me. She, she talked sports with me. And so that encounter, just that particular day was the day that I was like, okay, this lady is pretty cool, you know? And so she was probably my most favorite teacher, not because of her teaching prowess, but more so the connection she made with me about my football game and her knowing something about football and then talking to me about football something that was in my world that she knew about and took an interest in. So that would be the person that I would say um, was, and matter of fact, when I graduated from high school, she, I wound up uh, purchasing flowers for her. Um, and she was just blown away that I would do that. And she didn't even know why I did it. And, and, and I was let, I let her know that she was one of my favorite teachers in, in school. I love that. That what a great tribute to Miss Hubbard. I I uh, I just really appreciate you sharing that because 
Uh, one of the things that we need to certainly elevate whenever we have the opportunity is uh, those great teachers that uh, make connections with us and uh, you know try to see us as who we Absolutely. can be and not who we necessarily are right now. So thank you. Absolutely. No doubt about that. Well, Dan, uh, it has been more than a pleasure to get to spend uh, this time with you, chatting with you, uh, uh, hearing about your journey and uh, what some of your perspectives are, your your hopes and your uh, aspirations and uh, your tribute to your favorite teacher. Uh, I wanna thank you for uh, spending this time with me. I know it's been difficult for us to to get this together and, and uh, find the time, but uh, I'm <laughs> super appreciative that we finally did get that opportunity. I'm glad we did, Marty, and this was fun. Um, call me up. Would love to talk with you anytime. I, and, and I will say um, to you, uh, you, you gave me some kudos on the front end of this interview, and I just want to end it by saying that the feeling is mutual. Um, uh, you are one of the people in the district that I've always respected and, and looked, looked up to. You've been in this game for a while, and anyone that I speak to in the district that speaks about you uh, or speak of you, they always, it's always positive. And so just wanted to say thanks for having me and, and I appreciate you, my friend. Well, uh, Dan, I really appreciate those kind words uh, from you. It means a lot coming from you. Dan, I have, uh, if somebody wanted <laughs> to connect with you after hearing this episode, what would be the best way that they can connect with you? Uh, they can they could shoot me an email. My email address uh, is D as in Dan Brooks 427 at gmail.com. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, and if there's anything I can do to help someone, um, just shoot me an email and, and we can connect. Excellent. And I'll put that information in the show notes as well. Uh, well, Thank you again, Dan Brooks, and thank you to our listeners for uh, hanging with us here on The Second Question. And that's it for today's episode of The Second Question. Thanks for joining us. If you like this podcast, subscribe and tell your friends. And don't forget to join us for the next episode where we will answer The Second Question. Mm -hmm.